This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. A few weeks ago, I fished the Provo River in Utah. It was my first time out for the year, and so I realized that I needed to change my leader rather than tie some tippet material onto an old leader that had become quite worn. So how many fish did you catch? Uh, Please don't ask. Let me just finish my story. Oh, how many fish did you catch? (laughs) Oh, great. Uh, One. Well, I don't know if you can even say one. I had a nice brown on. It was about 12 inches, and when I brought it in almost to to my feet, it it, uh, flopped off. So you didn't even even net it that no, does not I didn't. count my well, friend. yeah but catch and release uh, yeah, okay all right so <laughs> I, I caught zero but i but i had one on okay now back to my story will you stop interrupting <laughs> okay as i changed the leader i i did think about how confusing it was for me as a beginner when i didn't understand the basics about fly lines leaders and tippets well today dave and i are going to try to walk you through the basics so that you'll know what these items are designed to do and what you need to do with them so we're targeting here beginning fly fishers if you're a veteran uh, maybe there's something here that uh, will be useful but uh, but we're really trying to help new fly fishers guys and gals that are going out for uh, uh, one of the first times and also if you're a veteran you have some tricks or tips we'd love for you to post uh, on this link or on yeah Facebook. definitely very very helpful uh, to help us <laughs> and also our listeners yep that's for sure Let me start with fly line. All the standard fly line manufacturers use a vinyl plastic coating. So you don't have to decide what kind of uh, uh, coating you want to get. Uh, All the the standard fly lines are going to use the same coating. So really there are two issues that you have to think about. Uh, Dave, what's the first thing you've got to consider when selecting a fly line? Well, the very first thing is weight. And the smaller the number, the thinner the line. So line weights run from 1 to 14, with 5, 6 being the most common, a 5 weight or a 6 weight. They're generally all around weights for trout, although 3 or 4 is common for dry fly fishing and making smaller casts. Right. A second issue is taper. Now, I'm not going to go into the physics of this. If you're interested, then we would highly recommend our friend Gary Borger's book, Fly Gear. But the taper refers to the shape of the fly line, specifically the transition from thick to thin. Uh, The taper of your fly line will determine how the energy is transmitted during your cast. Again, you can uh, can get a technical description of this from Gary Borger's book, but- uh, Actually, that will be a question on your ACT test, your fly fishing ACT test. Yes, very good. (laughs) What is a taper? What are the physics of a taper? (laughs) That's true. (laughs) Sorry about that. Well, you've just done everything everybody a great service, yes, at least you. to help their kids. <laughs> well, hey, if you walk into any fly shop these days, uh, they're probably going to recommend a weight forward taper for all around casting conditions. Uh, a double taper is fine. That used to be the standard. Yeah, that's what I started with. I yeah, I, I did too. And I just noticed a few years ago uh, when I got new fly line, just something you have to replace every three or four years. Some guys will do it annually, but... Well, you definitely want to clean the fly line yeah, too. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You really do certainly between years yep that's really important but i know i found out what was it 
maybe it's a decade ago when I went in to buy a new fly line that everything now is weight forward. And I guess the thing about weight forward taper is that it gives you a fair amount of power uh, with a fair amount of control. And that's really about all the more technical uh, that, that I want to get on that. It's about all the more technical I can <laughs> I was get just going to that. say, that's pretty much what I know. <laughs> yes, I, I beat you to it. Now... Your fly line then is going to be thin towards the end where you attach your leader and thicker uh, the further back you go. Uh, What happens as you cast the line, the momentum you create from your cast is transmitted through the line and the smaller diameter or the thinness of that line at the end will help your line unfurl. Uh, Items with smaller mass face less resistance, assuming that they weigh about the same as a heavier item. So it's like throwing a baseball on a golf ball. Uh, A golf ball is going to go further than a baseball, which is going to go further than a basketball if hurled with roughly the same amount of momentum. So it's really the same principle for your your fly line. I mean, even if you had a a line that has no taper at all, just the momentum will will carry out to the end of the line. But as soon as you have the taper, that just kind of accelerates it. It really helps it to uh, uh, unfold or unfurl even faster. figured that out um, you wonder like in the movie the river runs through it yeah what kind of you know line they had yeah back then i know it you know how sophisticated was that line yeah it's a good question so what about color does does color matter i know that there have been some uh uh people talking about, you know, what happens if I get that fluorescent orange color or should I get a, you know, the light green color? Does does color actually matter? You know, it really doesn't, Dave. Uh, Even though trout can see color, uh, water conditions affect how they perceive it. And in general, they see it more vividly on a bright day than when the light is dim. Uh, They also see color more vividly from nearby as opposed to a distance. And most experts that I've read on this say that from a trout's van point, the line in the surface appears like a thin black strip, regardless of whether it's yellow or green or orange or pink. So your bright orange line should not be a problem. Uh, Regardless of line color, fly fishers will really do well to make sure that they're cast at an angle so that the line isn't directly over the trout they're trying to catch, especially in slower, clearer water. Now, one thing I have noticed is that some line manufacturers will actually transition in color on the line. And I guess so that's, you can see where your your, your taper is thicker and then when it gets thin and and, and some guys like that, I'm, I'm just not that technical. No, not, not me. Well, let's talk about leaders. Uh, what is a leader and, and what does it do? Well, a leader is a, basically a clear piece of line that you connect to your fly line and then you tie the fly on the other end and it provides an invisible, hopefully, <laughs> transition to your fly. That's right. <laughs> uh, often for me, it's not so invisible. Yeah. Um, Especially when it all kind of balls up in oh a knot gosh. right on the river. Huh? <laughs> and, you know, sometimes when you're fishing, you're like, I am not... I'm not untangling that knot. I'm just going to fish with this knot. (laughs) Then you catch a fish and lose it because it breaks. Right. Yeah. Because knots in your your leader are going to weaken it. But leaders are typically made of monofilament, uh, you know, what you're familiar with if you use a spinning or casting rod and uh, catching bass. These leaders are tapered also so that they lay out just like a fly line does. Yeah. Same principle. And they're also numbered. 1X, 2X, 3X. 
etc. And these numbers refer to the size of the leader at the tippet end where you tie on the fly. The smaller numbers like 5x or 6x are thinner and cannot support as much weight. For yeah, example, 6x good. is good only point. about a three, is it what, 3.5? Yeah, three and a half yeah, pound test. Like yeah. And that means you have to be careful when fighting a large fish. So why not just use a 3x size leader, which will be about an 8.5 pound test? Well, that's great if you're fishing a big streamer, but if you tie a 3X size leader onto a size 18 fly, the knot will look like it's been tied with a piece of rope. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the trout's going to laugh and swim back to its feeding lie. Uh, maybe no, that's been my problem. It could be. It could be I my know. problem. That just may be. You know, Gary Borger says that sizes 3X to 6X are what you'll use for 90% of your trout fishing. And you'll, you'll learn, uh, you know, what sizes to use. I mean, for example, three to four X works for streamers. Yep. It's a little heavier and, you know, those streamers are bigger so the, the trout aren't going to notice something that looks like a rope uh, that's tied to it. Uh, four to five X, that's good for uh, flies in the 12 to 14 uh, size range. We're, we're talking both wet and dry flies. And then six X is good for uh, size uh, 18 to 20 flies. I think I remember Gary Borger saying, just take your fly size and divide it by three, and that's probably uh, the size tippet that you need. Huh. That's a great little, uh, it's almost a hack. Yeah, it is. That's a great way to think about it. You know, we change our leaders frequently, um, every couple days, sometimes it's every couple hours when you're mm-hmm. fishing hard and maybe you break off your fly a bunch of times. You okay, now I need to replace my leader because um, you're tying it onto a yeah. thicker part. Well, that leads us to a final topic, and that's tippets. A tippet is the small diameter line at the end of your leader, and it's also something that uh, fly fishers use. It's a material that they use to uh, tie additional tippet onto the end of your leader. Uh, Dave and I have several spools of tippet material in our fly vest or uh, for Dave for his satchel uh, mostly in the 3 to 6x range. Uh, Dave why do you need tippet material? Well if you think about it every time you tie on a new fly you eliminate a couple inches of your tippet you know as you tie that knot. Sometimes for me when I'm in a rush I eliminate almost 6 inches. (laughs) (laughs) You know after a few fly exchanges you've stripped off a foot of your tippet and the problem is not just that your leader is shorter, but now what's left is 3X rather than 5X. Uh, So you need to tie on more 5X. Okay, but why not just put on a new leader? Well, time and money. A good leader will cost five to $7, so put on tippet. Plus our friend Gary Borger says that the tippet end of a commercial leader, like the ones you buy from scientific anglers or Orvis, are not as strong as tippet material. I did not even know Uh, that. That's really fascinating, isn't it? So what does that mean? You know, I guess it means what what we should do when we get a a new leader is maybe take off the first uh, 12 inches and tie on... you know, new tippet material in that same size. That's interesting. Although I would probably only do that if it's really small, uh, 
you know, the, the, the weight is like a three and a half pound. Well, okay, then then you really need to be careful. I mean, if, it, if it's a 3X tippet and it's eight and a half pound test, I'm right. not worried right, 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 right. too much about the quality. You know, there is one other piece of information that we ought to share about leaders and tippets. Uh, the most common material, as we've already mentioned, is monofilament, but fluorocarbon has become popular too. What's the difference besides money? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, well, monofilament has more stress and it floats easier. Uh, fluorocarbon is less visible, which can be an advantage, and it's more durable, although uh, knots tied with fluorocarbon tend to break more easily. I mean, that, that's what the experts will tell you uh, than knots tied with monofilament. And le- like you said, fluorocarbon yeah. is pricier as well. You know, I fished with a guide in Utah probably two or three years ago, and I think we were fishing some version of the Provo, probably not mm-hmm. far from where you were fishing uh, a week or so ago. And um, he had tied his own um, leaders. And and so he had, it was crazy because he had put the weight at the bottom and then huh, he tied off flies like three in a row up, you know, so they, they hung okay. off with maybe two or three inches. Oh, and right. he would do it on the, I mean, seriously, he could whip up one of these leaders in probably 10 minutes. Wow. And um, I don't know if they worked any better, but, you know, I started looking at fluorocarbon thinking, well, maybe yeah. I could do this myself. I thought, yeah, not. I'm not going to be doing <laughs> <Yeah>. this myself. <laughs> so, you know, something you said earlier has made me think. Um, you talked about how we'll sometimes change leaders uh, really frequently, even you know, maybe even you know, one one a day. Uh, I, I've heard fly fishers. I have some friends who say, "Well, I, I use one leader per year," and but that's because they they tie a, a lot of tippet onto it and right, 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 right. Uh, and maybe they do well with that, but I, I just worry too about the nicks and about the the loss of memory, which means that your your you know your your tippet isn't going to lay out so nicely. So, yeah, I mean we're we're you know we try to be cost uh, conscious, even though Dave accuses me of being a, a lover of brands and an early adopter, and he's partly a brand right. junkie. Yeah, that's exactly a brand junkie, but but it's true. It, we do try to uh, uh, you know not to change leaders all the time, just using tippet material. And uh, yeah, I know guys too who who make their own leaders by simply starting with maybe a piece of 1X tippet for 18 inches or, or a couple feet and then a, another piece of, uh, just keep going up in size, which is going smaller in size. So you start with a 1X, then a 2X, a 3X, a 4X, and then a 5X. And so you have a 5X tippet, but you've actually made it out of... Uh, uh, you know these different pieces. That sounds like a lot of work, and but it a lot also of adds a lot of risk. So think it about does, all those yeah. knots that could break in there. Yep, it right? really does. So, given my level of sophistication, <laughs> I think I'm going to stick with you know scientific angler or exactly some other brand on their. That's leaders. exactly. Well, I hope that's helpful. Uh, it's time now for great stuff from our listeners. We enjoy reading your comments, your questions, your stories. Today's item comes from Dwayne Dunham. He's a veteran fly fisher and fly tire who lives near Portland, Oregon. He commented on our recent podcast about identifying trout lies, and he pointed out that the upstream pocket in front of a rock is often where feeding trout will lie, not at the side or back, which we mentioned. 
Yeah, he's absolutely right. In fact, he was busting me, I think, on uh, what I was saying in the podcast. And he's right. Often, if you cast up, they'll hit right before they get to the rock or else they'll chase it around. But he's absolutely right. There's that nice little pocket above the rock that is a great place where uh, trout lie and, yep. absolutely. and hit the flies. Absolutely. And, and yet, trout can occupy all spots around a rock. And I, I think some of that depends on what's going on in the river around it. I mean, I've, I, I fish places on the Gallatin where it just seems like right behind that rock, maybe a little bit to the side, uh, they're, uh, you know, they're, they're lying there waiting for uh, food to come by. But it's a point well taken. Don't neglect the front of a rock. That actually reminds me of a story. I was fishing with you on the Yellowstone, and we were actually above Hopper Run. So we were probably another mile or two above yeah. Hopper Run. And there was this tree that was fallen. So it fell. from, And so I actually crawled out on this fallen tree and cast over like a little chasm into this pocket of water before the run started and you mm. had to, I mean you had to cast it and then you had to pull up the fly within like 10 seconds because yeah. it drifted and then that's all you had and that pocket of water I probably caught Oh my goodness! I probably caught three or four before I had to leave. I just wow. I, uh, one. It was hard once you hooked them. Then all of a sudden you were like you had to almost pull them out like oh, you pull man. out like crappie or something. Wow. Um, but those that pocket of water above rocks is a really good yeah, place. Yeah, that really fish. is important. Well, that'll do it for today. Do you have any words of wisdom for new fly fishers about line leaders and tippets? If you do, please tell us by going to twoguysinariver.com and commenting on this podcast link. What do new fly fishers, and vets for that matter, need to know about line leaders and tippets? You can find Two Guys in a River on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We'd love for you to subscribe to our podcast feed on your mobile phone or tablet. Each week we publish a new episode of the podcast and a new article. Many listeners to Two Guys Podcasts use podcasts as their mobile app for the podcast. And you can find podcasts in your app store. Wow, how many times can you say podcasts? <laughs> well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. <laughs> and I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing.